0: Hello, it's AJ and welcome to the D-Plus Club. As always, I'll be bringing you the latest news and rumours in the world of Disney+. I'll be covering what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney Plus streaming service in the US and in the UK. And as always, we have a weekly movie club where I give you an overview of the movie along with some facts and some possible goofs. In the last show, we covered the movie Avengers Endgame as part of our MCU series. That episode, along with all previous episodes, is available now on all major podcasting platforms, including whichever platform you're listening on right now. And for this last week's move, we've been watching Jungle Cruise, but I'll be getting back to that one a little bit later in the show. How's everyone's weeks been? I've just been busy with work mostly. I've not even been going to like networking events. I've been doing some revamps on our business's website and things like that. I'm also going to a big show next week, which is like three days away in London as well. But yeah, I've just had a really busy week with work. I did go to one networking event, in fact, I think it was like Thursday morning, which was just as the snow was starting to come into the UK. Yeah, it's, it was a whole thing this last week. Like It started snowing on Thursday, I think it was, in the morning, and then it didn't stop and it got like heavier and heavier. It eventually stopped Friday mid-morning sort of time. But by that time, it had all overnight to be able to settle and things like that, and In the UK, we're just not really built for snow. I don't know what it is. We just get a little bit of snow and then the country goes to pot. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely stupid. Like the roads were around where I live. You could barely drive on them. Like I allowed an extra half an hour to get into work on Friday morning. And even then I still got into work late. I had to take three diversions because the roads were that bad. That like Some of the ones with hills, for example, my car just couldn't go up them. It was ridiculous. Uh, Sorry, I had to go through all these different diversions to be able to get to work. It then took me longer as well because it was uh, slower going and some of the roads just weren't, like, allowing people to be able to properly drive on them properly. And then when I got to work, our work car park is, like, up a hill. It's only, like, a small hill, but it's steep enough that everyone was struggling. So I got to the office. One person... Thankfully, i got there ahead of me and opened the gates. But I got up into the car park. I got just past the gate, and then my car started, like, sliding to the side. I was like, no, 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 I need to stop the car. So I managed to pull to a stop, almost, at an angle, part obscuring the gate, whilst between me and the guy that had arrived before me started, like, shoveling and getting salt down, because we do have, like, a little bit of salt at the office. Um, but, yeah, we were shoveling and getting the salt down and trying to clear enough space so that I could get back out of the car park and not slide into the gates but take like a big running like b- basically just a running leap in the car up into the car park so that i could gain gain enough speed to pull into a space it was stupid but by the time we got to oh, i would say probably about mid-morning maybe like 10 10 30 sort of time the snow had stopped and it had actually started to warm up to the point where the roads were now clear and the car park was starting to melt and everything like that. And I think about half the staff had ended up working from home. Some of them came in at midday when basically all the snow had gone. Like, you, if you were to look outside of our windows right now, you would not know that it snowed a couple of days back. Like, yesterday morning, it was, like, minus four, minus five, something like that. But by the time it got to midday, it was like ten degrees. Like it's, that's how quickly it changed. Like you, you would have not known that we had snow. I like, think the kids haven't had any time to, time to be able to enjoy it. They've not been able to go out and build a snowman or anything like that. Some schools, like in the city where I work, they were closed just because it was like so bad. That like, some places around there had had maybe about a foot of snow, sort of thing, just overnight. So they had had to close a lot of schools and a lot of businesses and things like that that just weren't able to open that morning. Some of them like reopened later in the day, but the schools stayed closed. But around where I live, we didn't get it as bad. So the schools stay open. The kids didn't get to enjoy the snow or anything like that. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of like what, what I've been doing this last few days, really. We've had quite a chilled out weekend as well. Yesterday, we just had a, a home day. There was a few things that we wanted to get done. We've been tidying around the house i actually had i've had a chance to play on video games for a couple of times this last week actually like my wife had one of her friends come around on friday evening and i was able to just sit down like they were in the living room i put my noise cancelling headphones on plugged it into the playstation 5 controller and i sat for hours on hogwarts legacy absolutely superb superb game i'm not a gamer but I absolutely love playing that game at the moment. Like this evening, for example, my wife will probably watch some like TV shows on her iPad or something like that, and I'll probably play that for a couple of hours, get a couple of missions done and things like that. I'm just really enjoying the story. I'm enjoying that it's not too fast paced, it's not too actiony, but th- there are still some like scary bits. Like the the spiders like it make me tense. I'm not I'm not scared of spiders by any means, but when, like, the music changes and you go into, like, the battle sequences and things like that, it, it gets tense. <laughs> so, but no, apart from that, I, I'm really, really enjoying it. Since getting the PlayStation 5, I would probably say I've been playing games more so than I probably ever have done in the last seven years, probably. Since my son was born, I, I would say that I've played more game games over the last couple of weeks than since my son was born at all really so uh, yeah really enjoying that and also my son's really enjoying like watching it sometimes as well like he actually wanted to watch it like me playing it the other day and we've also got the spider-man game and things like that he loves spider-man so he was enjoying watching that and also like helping me oh you need to go over there to be able to play those missions and things like that so uh, yeah no he's really enjoying that but also he's been playing minecraft although he's playing that on the like the old playstation the playstation 4 that we've got Um, But he's, like, building all these, like, underground dungeons and everything like that. I'm like, you do you. (laughs) I don't know. When it comes to things like Minecraft or what's the other one? Roblox or something like that. I ain't got a clue. I've fallen out of touch with a lot of this, like, modern stuff that, like, the kids are into. And, like, he... I don't know whether he's seen them on YouTube or anything like that, but he's like, oh, I want to be able to do this, and oh, I can I can do this, I can make this room, and then I can have all of my armour in there, and then, oh, there's this other room here, and I can make it so that the walls are like rainbows. I'm like, fine, let's do that. So, yeah, he's he's really, really enjoying playing that when he gets the chance as well at the moment. And the other thing that we've been... I am going to get into the show eventually, by the way. I've just realised. I've just been ranting on. But what we've started doing is, on a Saturday, we'll have maybe like an hour, just like before the kids go to bed, where me and my wife will play a game together but it's one that the kids can like help out with and like point out things for you probably, if anyone plays games you'll probably know of it it's called it takes two it's a two-player game you cannot play it single player at all so you either need to play it with someone else in the same household or you need to be able to play it with uh like someone else online for example so me and my wife started that last weekend And we did up to like the first like boss, which was a vacuum cleaner of all things. And then yesterday we did up to the second boss, which was a toolbox. And they're really nice because it's like half an hour to an hour level sorts of things. And it really is challenging. You have to actually think and you like you work together to be able to accomplish different tasks. And it's like I'm pointing out, oh, you need to go here to be able to do this. And then my wife's turned around saying, right, I need you to be able to count down so that I can do this at this sort of time. It's It's really, really enjoyable. And the whole premise behind the game and the story behind getting this couple in the game to be able to work together basically they're about to go through a divorce basically they've not been communicating and this that, and the other don't get me wrong me and my wife communicate all the time it's like we don't stop talking to each other but it's nice to be able to play this sort of like cooperative game where you're like forced to think about things in a certain way and kind of get on basically the same wavelength with these sorts of things you need to be able to think about them in a particular sort of way and be able to communicate you need to do this now or count down on three Something Something like that and it's re- really really enjoyable and yeah it's definitely one that i would recommend if even if you just got a couple of casual gamers in the house it's just really fun to be able to play Anyway, I will get into the show. Hopefully everyone else has had a good week, though. Drop me a message, of course, over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club just to let me know how you've been doing. It's always nice to be able to hear from people now though, it's time for the news. And I wanted to actually start with some Star Wars news this week. So we did have a few that uh, kind of popped up throughout the week, let's say. According to Variety this last week, Disney has confirmed the cancellation of two upcoming Star Wars movies. Both Patty Jenkins and Kevin Feige's movies have both been officially cancelled and removed from the development schedule. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you'll have probably heard me speak about Patty Jenkins' uh, project on several occasions. She was originally lined up to be able to produce the Rogue Squadron movie, which would have been a canon adaptation of the legacy books of the same name i think we didn't know anything about kevin feige's movie all it had been is announced really that he was working on a star wars project but uh, this now actually leaves only two other star wars films currently in development one from taika watiti who did like deadpool and things like that and uh, he was in free guy and stuff so uh, I i anticipate it being like part Star Wars, part, like, comedy sort of thing with a different sort of spin on it. So I'm looking forward to finding out what he does with that. But I'll, I'll get back to that one in, in, a, in a little while. And also the other film that's currently in development is one from Charmaine. And I apologize in advance. So Charmaine Aboid? Aboid Chinoy? I have no idea. I, I completely apologise. If you've been, again, if you've been listening for a while, you know how useless I am with names. But uh, Charmin had previously directed two episodes of Miss Marvel. All of this actually comes on the back of Disney CEO Bob Iger speaking at the Morgan Stanley Technology and Media and Telecom Conference this past week. I think I should have said that probably a lot better, where he said. Star Wars. We made three we called saga films, which is obviously the successors to George Lucas's first six. They did really well at the box office, tremendously well, in fact. As a matter of fact, we made two so-called standalones, Rogue One and also Solo. Rogue One did quite well, and Solo was a little bit disappointing to us. It gave us pause to think about the cadence, which was maybe a bit too aggressive, and so we decided to pull back a bit. We're still developing Star Wars films, we're going to make sure that when we make one that it's the right one, and so we're being really careful here. In the meantime, we've made a number of Star Wars TV series, led by The Mandalorian, that are extremely successful, and that says a lot. Just last night, I got a clip from the Star Wars series that's going to air in on Disney Plus in 20, in 2024 called Acolyte. That looks brilliant. And they've also done Andor and they've done Obi-Wan and they're going, they've got one coming up for young kids, which is called Young Jedi Adventures, something like that. I have a lot in my head on these things. So it basically sounds like they're wanting to make a big effort with making sure that they're making the right sort of films for the right sort of fans. Pe- people that are going to come to see these, that they might not be Star Wars fans. Like Rogue One, for example, was it was a Star Wars film. It included the Death Star and things like that. It cl- included the Rebels. But when you have a look at it compared to, say, for example, the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy, that are very Jedi-focused, or when you look at it compared to, like, The Mandalorian, for example, or the Andor series, which they don't have the Jedi in at all, but they're both really, really successful, So it makes you think that, okay, yes, they're going to stay inside this Star Wars universe. They don't have to tackle the Jedi. They don't really even have to tackle the Rebel Alliance, for example, or the Resistance or anything like that. They've got a whole galaxy full of worlds and races and different things like that where they can build stories and build history around. I love what they're doing with the Mandalorian at the moment. I'll get back to it in a little while when we cover like what's new and coming soon but i love the mandalorian i love what they're doing with that series and i'm looking forward to seeing where this series goes not only with this season but as we spoke about the other week they're already planning for future seasons and they're planning on like how it can link in with other stories that are in the universe at this time like i've just said we've got the acolyte series coming up we've got the ahsoka series coming up we've already had the book of boba fett and we've got the chance to be able to have other series set Either in this timeline or in the future, we could do a generational skip where we could have maybe I don't know ten years go by. You could still follow the Mandalorian, but you can see I don't know Grogu's got g- grown up a little bit more. I have no idea, but I think that there's a lot of story that we can tackle here, and especially with what they're going to be doing with like the Ahsoka series, where they're going to be expanding out into. Uh, like the Rebels series and what that did, but also they're going to be bringing in a live-action version of Grand Admiral Thrawn. I would personally love to be able to see an adaptation of like the Chiss Ascendancy, for example. That sort of history behind something that we haven't seen on screen before, apart from just Thrawn in the Rebels series, I think would be absolutely brilliant. And I'm just looking forward to all of the content that they're going to be producing around there. Now, in that Q&A that Bob Iger was at that I just mentioned about, uh, he did speak briefly about Acolytes. Now, there was another story that came out this past week about the Acolyte, and that's that the executive producer, Catherine, M- Catherine McCarthy, who had previously worked on Ballers, she was actually fired from the Disney Plus project after only a few weeks of work. Now, Lucasfilm and Catherine had a broad strokes agreement, but without explanation and without reason or justification. Apparently, Lucasfilm told McCarthy that they wanted out of the deal. Now, before signing on to work on The Acolyte, Catherine had also been offered a apparently lucrative executive producer position on the Apple series Sugar. But by the time McCarthy was fired from The Acolyte, Apple the Apple offer was no longer on the table, let's say, which left McCarthy with neither deal in hand as Apple had moved on and found another executive producer. According to her agent, David Morris, this deal would have made McCarthy the highest paid producer at Apple. Now that's a little bit surprising to hear when you consider that people like Reese Witherspoon, for example, and all of these other like, big names are currently producing lots of like, really, really good content over at Apple. I'm surprised to hear that it would, would have made her the highest paid producer, but uh, I don't know. All of this is based on like, he said, she said this sort of thing. And uh, without knowing exact uh, specifics, let's say, about these sorts of deals, we, we can't like comment on whether that would have been true or not now the complaint actually says as a result of its bad faith and wrongful termination the defendants deprived miss mccarthy of significant employment which she would have earned millions of dollars over the life of the series now that i'm not going to question because some of these series are pulling in really really big numbers and some of them are getting really really popular as well when you look at something like the tv series c on apple i still need to be able to watch that but there's some huge names you've got uh, people like um, jason momoa on this series for example and he's a really big name in hollywood at the moment like, he's worked on he worked on the, the DC films. He was Aquaman, but also he's worked on a load of other films as well. He's also worked on, like, a comedy series. But for me, I watched Jason Momoa when he was on Stargate Atlantis. And also in the CTV series, there's other actors that were in Stargate Atlantis as well. So that's another reason why I want to be able to love it. I like, w- want to be able to watch it because I loved that series, and I want to be able to go and see those guys on screen, either at the same time together or just on screen at all in a project because I just think it's a a really good, th- and uh, apparently these guys are really good friends in real life now as well, and they've kept in touch since the series as well. Anyway, uh, uh, let me get back to it. Catherine McCarthy had expected to be compensated for leaving the job, but this is where things got a lo- little bit messy. As Lucasfilm denied that they had an agreement in place, and actually only offered to pay McCarthy five thousand dollars for a single day's work. She rejected that offer and has taken Lucasfilm to court for its breach in their agreement. Now. Of course, like I said, this is very much a he said, she said, back and forth on this, but it's interesting to be able to see how this develops. But with her only being on the project for a few weeks, let's say, it does make you wonder how much she was able to do in that few weeks on the project and how that has influenced the Acolyte series going forwards, if at all. I mean, they could now be going in a completely different direction to what they had originally planned for the series, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to be able to see how that will develop over this next few weeks and months and if if there's anything interesting that comes from it i'll make sure to come back to it now the next star wars story that i wanted to move on to was that we've had yet yeah, another report of when the ahsoka series may hit our screens variety reported this past week that the ahsoka series is set to debut in late summer whilst rosario dawson had said in an interview recently that it would be in the fall this kind of places this in sort of the, the September, late September, October sort of timeframes if you go off of both timescales. But regardless, like I said earlier, this is another series I'm looking forward to. I'm si- looking forward to seeing a, a very much a soca focus story, but also seeing grand admiral throne or even a version of Thrawn from the Trichis ascendancy in the years that have passed on screen as well so yeah looking forward to finding out more about this moving on to marvel now the hollywood reporter ...reported this past week that John Burnthor will be returning to Marvel and reprising his role from the Netflix series as Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher, in the upcoming Daredevil Born Again series. It was also reported that Deborah Ann Wall and also Eldon Henson were not expected to return as Karen Page and Foggy Nelson it's unknown if these characters will be recast or maybe we just won't appear in the show or maybe we just won't imp- appear in the first season we have no idea at this point we don't know much about the story other than that it will feature feature daredevil it will feature the punisher and also it will feature wilson Fisk as well so uh, Yeah, we don't know much, but I'm really looking forward to it regardless. And I still need to catch up on the Netflix one, really. I need to go back and re watch all those. They are on Disney Plus now, after all, so I've got no excuse to be able to go back and make sure I've watched them all. I might even start them all from the beginning, to be honest. Staying on the Marvel news now, Disney has announced an all new never before seen hero, which will be introduced in the upcoming second season of the animated series, What If? In one of the new episodes, we'll find out what if the Tesseract fell to Earth and landed in the Sovereign. And I, again, I apologize on this because I'm probably going to uh, pronounce it completely wrong. handon see It will probably be pronounced better on screen. <laughs> I wonder if I can get my phone to be able to say how it's pronounced. Let's have a look. No, nope, it's not even refusing. It's even refusing to be able to pronounce it for me. handon si that's what I'm going with for now until I hear it pronounced on screen. Anyway, the Handon Confederacy before the colonization of America. And at the same time, Marvel has also released a first look and details on the new Marvel superhero called Kahori. The Tesseract takes on new life and new mythology, transforming a lake into a gateway to the stars, leading Kahori, a young Mohawk woman, on a quest to discover her power. The episode was created in close collaboration with members of the Mohawk Nation, like the historian Doug George and the Mohawk language expert Cecilia King, to ensure the cultural authenticity. The episode takes place in the Mohawk language and is informed by the history of the Akawansi region which was now what is called upstate New York let's say and I'm really looking forward to this looking forward to seeing a brand new hero that has never been in the MCU but also never been in the comics before it's basically the MCU creating its own whole whole new hero I can't even get my words out there but uh, it will be interesting to see what kind of powers that she has the history but also like what kind of hero she is is she very much like the the protector the defender or is she very much a go out get there and make sure that we're saving the world sort of person so yeah i'm looking forward to finding out more about this character Staying with a Marvel actor now, but moving away from Marvel news, this past week, Disney released a trailer, poster, and officially announced the official release date for Renovations, which will star the Hawkeye star Jeremy Renner, which is set to debut on Disney Plus on April 12th. In a statement, he said, I've been on this journey for many years, and I started in my community building vehicles for people in need. But a few years ago, I thought... How can I plus this up and create a bigger impact on the whole community? And that's what this show does. This is one of my biggest passions and it's a driving force in my recovery and I can't wait for the world to see it. The series takes Jeremy around the world, from his hometown of Reno, Nevada, to Chicago, Illinois, to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, and also to Rajasthan, India. And in each location, Jeremy connects with leading organizations like Big Brothers Big Sisters, the base Chicago, Uva, J- again I apologise about this from pronouncing it incorrectly, Uva Jagriti Sanstan, and also Casa Hogar of Cabo San Lucas to learn about the needs of the local communities. Jeremy meets with organizational leaders to better understand the community's most urgent needs, and then they use what they've learned to be able to build something incredible that will have a big impact. I'm actually really looking forward to this series, and it looks like what they're doing is very much in the communities and making sure that they can benefit the communities on multiple points as well from these vehicles that they're creating. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about this one. But what's interesting that I did notice is that it was announced through Jeremy Renner's Instagram and also through the Disney Plus Instagram in the US, but it wasn't announced in the UK. So... Are we getting this one in the UK? Is this going to be a little bit like um, The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom where it's released in the US first and then we get it here eventually? Again, we've still not got The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom Season 2 here, so I'm looking forward to eventually getting that and I still haven't had a chance to transport my house over to the US yet to be able to watch it, but uh, maybe that's going to be one that we'll do. At the moment, we're watching The Manifest. We, we watched the first two seasons, kind of came away from it whilst, like, The third season wasn't out at that point, I think it was. We've been watching other things, and now we want to watch The Manifest. And also, we're now thinking about cancelling Netflix. I did speak about that last week as well. But The Manifest season four is on Netflix, and we want to be able to watch all of season three, and then season four, and season four second half when it comes out as well. Uh, So, yeah, it's one of those things that we've got on our list that we want to watch these sorts of things before we decide to cancel Netflix, Let's say. Moving on though now, Disney has released the official trailer for the upcoming drama series, Tiny Beautiful Things, which is coming to Hulu in the US and on Disney Plus in countries around the world on April 7th, 2023. It follows Claire, a writer who is a revered advice columnist while her own life is falling apart. When we first meet Claire, her marriage to her husband, Danny, is barely limping along, her teenage daughter, Ray, is pushing away, and her once promising writing career, Career is non-existent so when an old writing pal asks her to take over the advice columnist, dear sugar she thinks she has no business giving anyone advice after reluctantly taking on the mantle of sugar however claire's life unfurls into a complex fab- fabric of memory exploring her most pivotal moments from her childhood through to present day and also excavating the beauty struggle and humor in her unhealed wounds Through Sugar, Claire forms a salve for her readers and for herself to show us that we are not beyond rescue and that our stories can ultimately save us and perhaps bring us back home. This actually sounds really interesting, so I'm looking forward to checking this one out when it comes over to Disney Plus over here. What date did I say it was coming? (laughs) I've forgotten already. April 7th. So uh, yeah, looking forward to checking that one out let's go on to a few shorter stories now disney's searchlight pictures has released a teaser trailer for the upcoming flaming hot which is the inspirational true story of richard montez montez i think that's how you say that the Frito-Lay janitor who channeled his Mexican-American heritage and upbringing to turn flaming hot Cheetos into a snack that disrupted the food industry and became a global phenomenon. It will release on Hulu in the US and on Disney Plus's Star Service elsewhere in the world on June 9th. Earlier this past week, Deadline revealed that Disney's ABC is developing a US remake of the British comedy series Motherland, which will be called Drop Off, and will centre around Julia, a working mum for whom nothing is working, so she goes looking for her village. With the help of her new friends, Calvin and Liz, Julia discovers that she might succeed at balancing work and parenting from time to time. Moving on though now, Peppa Pig has launched on Disney Plus in 19 countries around the world, including the UK. However, unfortunately not in the US or Canada. Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett won favourite male and female kids TV stars at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards for their roles in the Disney Plus series High School Musical The Musical The Series. And finally this week, Disney has announced that Avatar The Way of the Water will be released on digital platforms including Amazon Prime Video, Apple or iTunes, Voodoo and also Movies Anywhere from March 28th. The film will be released on physical media such as 4K Blu-ray and also on Disney Plus at a later date. Now, I actually think that this is the first time since the start of the pandemic that a film will release on Disney Plus after it's already made its digital purchase availability release made let's say which it looks like they're starting to get back to their original release schedule let's say where movies will be released in cinemas and after a period of time they will be released for digital home video and then after that they will go to streaming and I don't think that this is a bad thing. I still would like the option to be able to have a, a movie at home sort of thing, like Premiere Access, for example. I know it may have not succeeded the way that it, they wanted it to, but I still think that there is a place for some people like myself that don't often get to the, go to the cinema, and I would l- love the ability to be able to purchase this at a slightly higher rates for when it's released in cinemas, but also have the ability to have it permanently bought in iTunes for... After that time, for example. But that's just my personal opinion on this. In a recent interview, Bob Iger said, we're looking at that. We're also looking at movie windowing because we were so aggressive at supporting the streaming business. In some cases, we made a lot of films just for streaming. In some cases, we made films with shorter exhibition windows. In almost all cases, we made films that no longer had the sell-through window in it, which home video at one point, as we called it, was extremely lucrative for our company. So we're looking at all of that. And you can understand why disney are wanting to do this i mean i'm always buying things on itunes especially if it's not something that's released on a streaming platform for example like disney plus if it's something that's from universal from another studio that i know i'm not going to be able to watch on amazon or on netflix or on disney plus i'm always pre-ordering stuff if it's a movie that i want to see immediately as soon as i see that go onto the pre-order list on itunes it's there and I'm waiting for it to be able to be released and so just so I can watch it. Now, sometimes, admittedly, I will pre-order things and then still not have the chance to be able to watch them for a week, two weeks, or even sometimes a couple of months after they've been released. But you can see why Disney are wanting to be able to do this because there are people like myself who want the chance to be able to watch this at the earliest opportunity they will pre-order and they will want to buy that and that's just basically instant money for these platforms and that's also why they would prefer this digital release over something like blu-ray yes blu-ray there is a, a lot that they can get out of that from a monetary standpoint let's say but there's also the increased overheads you've got to think that they've got to arrange for Physical discs, they've got to arrange for the manufacturing to get that onto physical discs. All of the artwork involved in that. Not only that, they've then got to pay for the distribution and the shipping. When you when you consider that the, once they've done all of that, there won't be a massive overhead in, in it for them for the amount of people who still buy physical media. I'm not saying that not many people buy physical media anymore because that's completely not the case. There are people that buy physical media to turn it into digital media for their own home servers and things like that. That's something that I've started doing with a lot of my old DVD and Blu-ray content, turning that into my own personal home Netflix, let's say. But I now prefer the the digital landscape, let's say. I, I prefer the instant access to... These movies, whether it's on my, my phone, whether it's on my computer, my iPad, the TV, or TVs in any any room, I don't have to go hunting around for a Blu-ray disc or a DVD to be able to watch a film in the living room or in our bedroom or in my son's bedroom or anything like that. I load up Apple TV; everything's there that's listed. So you can see why people, uh, well, well, why Disney are wanting to prioritize the release of these digital purchase platforms before they decide to go okay now we'll put it onto blu-ray now we'll put it onto disney plus because if it was to go on disney plus the same day i know i wouldn't purchase it well at least not straight away i would probably purchase it when it came down into a deal or something like that and that's what disney are relying on but disney are relying on people thinking okay i want to be able to watch this as soon as i physically can this movie's made a boatload in the box office across the globe it's now sitting at the third Like biggest grossing film of all time. And I still haven't even had a chance to be able to go and watch it for myself. We are going to the cinema in a couple of weeks. So although I can't imagine going to watch a film in the cinema that will be released on home video like two weeks after. So I don't know what we're going to be watching in the cinema in a couple of weeks. Me and my wife have a day off in like, what, two weeks time nearly? So yeah, we're going to be... Having I don't know, a morning at the cinema, then we'll go to a restaurant somewhere locally and then we'll pick the kids up from school sort of thing. Just a chill out date day, because we don't really have date nights anymore, apart from that one night where we went out to uh, Disney Springs when we're in Florida. But uh, anyway, I-, I am getting away from myself and I've already realised that coming up to the news section now it, we don't often get to like half an hour into the show before the news section is finished so uh, i best move on to what's new and coming soon so uh, that's about it for this week's news what are you most excited about from this last week let me know over on social media at at or forward slash the d plus club or over in the source for radio discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or over in the Sorcerer Radio Disney Fun Zone Facebook group. Now, though, it's time for a brief break, and then I'll be back with what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next
1: week.
2: What are some of the most popular songs played on Sorcerer Radio? We'll find out every Monday morning on the SRN Top 10 at 8 a.m. Eastern. Vote for your favorite Disney song on the Sorcerer Radio app by pressing the vote button on the bottom part of the screen. That's the SRN Top 10 on Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music all day long. SRSounds.com. Hi, it's Jeff Davis here on Sorcerer Radio. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for DW60. We'll start things off with Press Row as we talk about some of the top news stories from the Walt Disney World Resort. And, of course, there's always rumors floating around, and I'll cover them during the rumors of the week. And I'll be reading your emails during email time. As always, I'll be playing some of your favorite Disney music from around the Walt Disney World Resort. If you missed the show, catch the replay that evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can always catch up on the news of the week during DW60's Press Row Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. It's DW60 with me, Jeff Davis, here on Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music all day long, srsounds.com. And
0: we're back. So what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week? Now, the only thing that I've really watched on Disney Plus this past week, apart from like what the kids have been watching on TV, is Star Wars, basically. That's all I can really say. I've been watching the latest episode of The Mandalorian, which was Season 3, Episode 2, and also The Bad Batch, which was Season 2, Episode 12. And I am absolutely loving both of these series, but for two completely different reasons. I am loving in The Mandalorian everything that they're doing with Mandalore. They're unlocking that sort of history for people who have never experienced it before on screen, whether that's through um, Clone Wars or Rebels or anything like that. People who may not have had any sort of experience with the Mandalorian people. They're, They're bringing that to live action and... I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking. I'm really enjoying finding out about the, about the Mandalorian people, but also finding out like what's happened since like the Empire basically ravaged their planet and like they glassed it. Basically, they they turned a sand world into glass with. Nuclear explosions, for, for lack of a better word. Uh, but yeah, it's. I'm really, really enjoying this series. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the next episode. I did see a report earlier today that this next episode could be the longest one in this series to date, which will be over... I think it would be over 52 minutes long, I think, because I think that's the longest one in The Mandalorian so far. But yeah, really, really enjoying this series. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes just now and into the future. I think they're doing a really, really good job with this. Another series that I think they're doing a really good job with is The Bad Batch. And uh, again, this is from a different perspective. On one hand, the The Mandalorian is looking at the Mandalorian people. It's looking at the journey of Din Djarin and Grogu. But The Bad Batch is looking into what happened to the clones after uh, the fall of the Republic and the, the, the rise of the Empire. And what like how the clones were like decommissioned and what happened to the clones as people, but also it's following some of these clones and seeing some of their individuality. Now this last week's episode is another one that focused on Crosshair. That's the character's name. And Crosshair, I think I mentioned about this last week. I thought Crosshair was kind of going to be another big bad of the series again. Because he was kind of in series, in season one. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words there. He was kind of like the big bad in season one, where he kind of, he left the clones. He went to go and join the Empire and eventually turn against them. But now we're seeing almost this kind of like redemption arc for him. And I'm wondering whether he's going to eventually come back, back round to the Bad Batch and... I love this episode. I I would go as far as saying that this is one of the best episodes of the series to date. What it was able to do with getting him to be able to see what is happening to his fellow brothers in arms, basically, for lack of a better word. And also what he wants to be able to do to stop that. I, I found it really, really interesting. But the way it ended, and again, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, because if you haven't seen it yet or you haven't seen any of this series yet, I don't want to spoil these things too much. But they've been teasing something for the last few episodes, and I feel like where they ended this episode, this is how we're going to be able to see the rest of the Bad Batch crew to come together and potentially even save crosshair so yeah looking forward to finding out more about this one but what have we got to look forward to this next week well starting on tuesday we'll be getting an all new episode of voices rising the music of wakanda forever but in the u.s you'll also be getting nhl big city greens which is a first of its kind alternate presentation which will leverage nhl edge positioning data and puck and player tracking to be able to recreate the action on the as it's happening whilst also featuring big city greens characters which sounds interesting of all things skating alongside the animated versions of nhl players the real-time animation will be produced in association with espn edge innovation center and also nhl edge innovation partners of verizon beyond sports and also silver spoon so looking forward to finding out more about this i might even check this on out myself even though i'm not really a big fan of the big city greens series let's say uh, on Wednesday, we'll be getting an all new episode, of course, of The Mandalorian and the Bad Batch. Whilst in the US, you'll be getting Kiff, which follows Kiff and Barry as they navigate school, relationships, and their often eccentric community in Tabletown, a world where animals and magical oddballs tackle day-to-day life. You'll also be getting four new episodes of Firebuds, the original four seasons of Doogie Howser MD, Turning Tables with Robin Roberts, Season 2, and also National Geographic's Engineering Connections, Seasons 1 and 2. In the UK on Wednesday, we'll be getting Alaska Daily, Episode 7, NCS Hawaii, Season 2, Episode 9, Wu-Tang and American Saga, Season 3, Episode 7, The Great North, Season 3, Episode 8, Big Sky, Season 3, Episode 13, 911 Lone Star, Season 4, Episode 5. Good Trouble, Season 4, Episode 8. Station 19, Season 6, Episode 8. Bob's Burgers, Season 13, Episode 11. Grey's Anatomy, Season 19, Episode 8 ncis season 20 episode 9 and also we'll be getting arrested development seasons 1 through 3 i've never seen arrested development but a lot of people keep telling me that i need to check it out so this might be my opportunity to be able to do that now moving on to friday we'll also be getting yet another new music event on disney plus with the release of bono and the edge a sort of homecoming with david letterman where Academy Award-winning filmmaker Morgan Neville captures David Letterman on his first visit to Dublin to hang out with Bono and The Edge in their hometown and experience Dublin and join the two U2 musicians for a concert performance unlike any they've done before. In the US on Friday, you'll also be getting National Geographic's Hippo vs. Croc, where two of Africa's deadliest species tough it out against everything nature throws at them. Whilst here in the UK we'll be getting Boston Strangler, where reporter Loretta McCluhan is that how you say that, becomes the first journalist to connect the Boston Strangler murders. As the mysterious killer claims more and more victims, Loretta attempts to continue her investigation alongside colleague and confidant Jean Cole, yet the duo finds themselves impeded by the sexism of the era. Nevertheless, McLaughlin and Cole bravely pursue the story at great personal risk, putting their own lives on the line to uncover the truth. And this sounds like a really, really interesting one to me. And it's something that I don't usually watch, but I don't know, it might be one that I try. It might be maybe our movie night next Saturday, for example. So uh, I don't know, give it a go. Sounds interesting. And that's about it for this next week. What are you most looking forward to? Personally, for me, I think it's probably got to be the continuation of The Mandalorian. Absolutely loving that series. What I'm doing at the moment at work is, on a Wednesday, that's kind of my lunch thing. I'll sit down with my iPad headphones on, and I'll just watch The Mandalorian on my lunch break. But I don't know what I'm going to do, like, a week on Wednesday, because, like, I'm not going to be around for that. I'm going to be in London. I'm actually going to be at a showcase, like, in London City Centre, so I won't be able to spare an hour out of my day to be able to watch The Mandalorian i'm hoping that i've got enough time on my journey back i'll probably download it onto my ipad i think that's probably what i'll do let me know what you're most looking forward to on social media though at, at or forward slash the d plus club or over in the sorcerer radio discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or over in the sorcerer radio fun zone facebook group i'm going to take another brief break and then i'll be back with the weekly movie club
2: are you a park opener maybe you love the smell of pirate water here at 3 Cheeky Chicks Wax Company, we're a little sweet on Gaston, and we think you might be too. Bring these magically inspired scents to your home, or it could be off with your head. Magically scent your world at MagicallyScented.com. Source for radio listeners, be sure to use the code SOR20 to get 20% off your next Magically Scented order.
0: time for the weekly movie club and as i mentioned earlier this past week's movie club movie has been the jungle cruise so if you've never seen the jungle cruise before this is your spoiler warning if you don't want to be spoiled pause the show go and watch the film and then come back and join us for the rest of the podcast i will say a slight disclaimer there are a lot of words in here that i probably can't pronounce so i highly apologize to people and i really hope i don't offend anyone in the meantime but with the spoiler warning out of the way let's get right into it in 1556, Don Aguirre leads Spanish conquistadors to South America to search for the Lagrimas de Cristal tree, whose flowers cure illnesses, heal injuries, and also lift curses. After many conquistadors die, the Puca Michuna tribe heals the sickened survivors with the tree's flowers. When the tribal chief refuses to reveal the tree's location, Aguirre stabs him and burns the village. The dying chief curses the conquistadors, making them immortal and unable to leave sight of the Amazon River without being dragged back by the jungle itself. In 1916 London, Dr Lily Houghton's Tears of the Moon research is presented by her brother McGregor to the Royal Society the Houghtons, hoping to revolutionise both medicine and also the British war effort, request access to the recently acquired Arrowhead artefact. But the request is denied, as the tree is considered a myth and female scientists are disfavoured. However, believing that the Arrowhead and her old Amazon map are the key to finding the tree, Lily steals it, narrowly evading Prince Joachim, who is equally, equally intent on finding the tree for Germany. Arriving in Brazil, Lily and McGregor search for a guide to navigate the Amazon. They hire Skipper Frank Wolfe, who offers jungle cruises embellished with fake theatrical dangers and corny puns. He initially declines, citing the dangers of the river and the jungle, but reconsiders upon seeing the arrowhead. Frank steals back his repossessed boat engine from the harbor pastor Nilo, and the trio departs after escaping from Joachim's U-boat. In Frank's cabin, Lily finds photos and sketches of modern inventions, as well as research on the tears of the moon. She accuses him of seeking the tree, but he insists that he gave up on that long ago. They are captured by the puka Matuna tribe, who are disguised as cannibals, but are quickly released as they were hired by Frank. Angered, Lily begins to doubt Frank. The tribal chief, Trader Sam, translates the symbols on the arrowhead, revealing the tree's location. That only blooms under the blood moon meanwhile joachim has located the conquistadors petrified inside a cave he makes Aguirre agree to be able to find the arrowhead for him in exchange for flowers joachim diverts the river to free them as Aguirre and his conquistadors are reanimated whilst fused with the rainforest the conquistadors track down and attack the tribe where frank is stabbed through the heart by Aguirre. Lily flees with the artifact, but vines pull the conquistadors away when they unknowingly lose sight of the river whilst pursuing her. To the Houghton's amazement, Frank reappears alive. He reveals that he is one of the cursed conquistadors, who once wanted to help find the tears to save Aguirre's paralyzed daughter. However, he sided with the tribe against Aguirre's brutality. After years of endless fighting, he trapped his vengeful comrades away from the river's view, petrifying them. Failing to find the tree, Frank became a tour guide and built a village. Lily and Frank continue to the La Luna Rota waterfall and uncover a submerged temple. Meanwhile, Joachim has captured MacGregor and forces him to reveal Lily's location. Frank, the Houghtons, the Germans, and also the Conquistadors all converge at the tree when La Luna Rota's water is partially drained discovering the arrowhead is a locket with a red gem inside lily places the two pieces into carvings into the bark of the tree and it briefly blooms under the blood moon as a fight ensues lily recovers a single flower the german soldiers drown joachim is crushed by a falling rock and frank crashes his boat to block the river petrifying himself and the rest of the conquistadors to save lily Realizing her true feelings for Frank, Lily sacrifices the flower to lift Frank's curse and restore his mentality, and he decides to leave the Amazon to be with her. The moon's last beam blooms a single flower, which Lily takes for research. Returning to the port, Frank sells his business to Nilo, and upon their successful return to Britain, Lily becomes a full professor at the University of Cambridge. McGregor rejects an invitation to membership from the Royal Society, and Lily and Frank then explore London together as Lily teaches Frank how to drive a car. The Jungle Cruise was released on July 30th, 2021, with a budget of $200 million. It made $220.9 million in the box office. However, it was also released on Disney Plus Premier Access. Whilst we don't exactly know how much it made through Premier Access, we do know that it made approximately $66 million in its first 30 days. This is actually the second Jungle Cruise, theoretically, to be in development. Initially, in 2004, it was announced that a Jungle Cruise film was in development after the success of the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, with a script by Josh Goldstein and John Norville. The film would take place in the 20th century and would be loosely based on the Disney Parks attraction. In 2006, Alfred Gough and Miles Miller were then in talks to write the film, However, in 2011, it was announced that Roger Shulman would write the script, and at this time, it was also announced that the longtime Toy Story voice actors Tim Allen and Tom Hanks would star in the film. In August of 2015, it was announced by Walt Disney Pictures that they were revamping the film adaptation to star Dwayne Johnson. The previous script, originally written by Goldstein and Norville, would be rewritten by John Requa and also Glenn Fikara, with the intention to hearken back to its period roots. Johnson, who did a lot of research before getting into the role, announced in April 2017 that he would co-produce the film under his seven books productions. In 2017, Jumi Colette Sierra was announced as the director of the film, And in January of 2018, Michael Green was reported to have rewritten the script after previously Patrick McKay and J.D. Payne had also worked on it. Also, at this time, Emily Blunt signed on as Johnson wanted her to be his co-star. In March of 2018, an open casting call was made for the other characters in the film, including men and women of all ethnicities between the ages of 17 and 90, and also children between 6 and 14 years of age. In the same month, comedian Jack Whitehall was cast as the brother of Blunt's character, and six months later, it was reported that he would have a coming-out scene in the film. This would actually be only the second incidence of a gay character in a live-action Disney film, with the first being LeFou, portrayed by Josh Gad in the 2017 adaptation of Beauty and the Beast. There was some backlash over the report, with some persons online expressing anger over a straight man being cast as a camp gay character, but I actually think that it works really well in the film. The rest of the cast was announced between April and July of that year. The first span of the shoot began in May of 2018 in Hawaii, where part of a town was set up at the Kapai Reservoir in Kauai. I think that's how you say that. The set took one month to scout, two months to be able to design, and four months to build, dress, and also landscape, whilst also being challenged by flood rains. After seven weeks the shoot then moved to Black Hall Studios in Atlanta where a pool was set up in a large tank to look like the river as well as the the jungle as well. Two boats the length of 39 feet were built for easy logistics in filming in both locations and to be able to shoot the underwater sequence a puzzle set was built in a second tank and then was filled with water. An underwater cinematographer called Ian Seabrook said that it took about two weeks to shoot simultaneously, whilst the main cast was also busy shooting in the first tank. So the stunt doubles had to be present there too. He said that whilst Johnson was a strong swimmer, Blunt showed no fear despite being a novice in acting underwater. In any case, the water tank had emergency exits for her left and right of the camera in case she needed them. The set actually had to be pulled out of the water by a crane, so he handled the camera throughout. Filming wrapped on September 14th with about 95 days of principal photography and also a few reshoots that then took place in June of 2019. The film took about a year in the post-production stage but was shut down in March 2020 due to the pandemic. However, it resumed in the summer and was completed in September of 2020. Initially, it was slated for a October 11th 2019 release before being moved to July 24th 2020. The film would then be postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In May of 2021, Disney announced that the film would be released simultaneously in theatres and on Disney Plus with Premiere Access, due to the continued closure of theatres in markets like Brazil and Europe. This is actually the last Disney Plus premiere access film to date, with Disney mostly going to a 45-day exclusive theatrical window before making films available then on Disney Plus. A sequel is actually currently in the works, with Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt set to reprise their roles, however there's been no details given on it at this time. And that's about it for the movie this week. I actually really enjoyed this one. This was one of the ones that we actually bought on Premier Access, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love the Jungle Cruise ride though. It's one of my favourite rides at Magic Kingdom, or just in Walt well, Disney World in general. It's just one of my favourite rides. It's always so fun. The skippers make it so like fun and playful, and I'm glad that they're able to bring some of those elements into the film. They're able to put lots of nods to the ride, especially at the beginning of the film. Things like the backside of water, the hippo, and the the dangers you know like where they've got the uh, like the natives in the jungle and things like that they, they do a really good job at including those sorts of details but then they kind of get into the film and make it its own film much like what they did with Pirates of the Caribbean where yes there are nods to the ride throughout but all in all it's kind of its own story and its own film and I like what they did with that and I like the The story that they went with, that uh, this guy was kind of immortal and he was working to be able to redeem himself. And at one point he'd he'd given up hope and then someone comes in and he kind of restores his faith and he wants to try and accomplish this task again. So, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I do wonder what they would do with a sequel though i'm not sure where they could go with the story it could be a different jungle they could go on a, a different jungle cruise let's say maybe that could be the title of the film a different jungle cruise i don't know uh, disney if you want that you can take it from me I, 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 don't, I don't i don't i won't need a fee or anything you can just have it but yeah no i, I just really enjoyed this film i think that uh, dwayne johnson and emily blunt work really well together and also i like that they included jack whitehall as the comic relief he's a great comedian i've seen a lot of his stuff before and i think that including him was i don't know it, it worked really really well to be able to play off of uh his character throughout the film so yeah really really enjoyed this one if you haven't checked it out yet i highly advise it because yeah it's just just a really good film all around i would say now, I am pushed for time this week, so I'm not going to go through comments on this week's movie club. I am going to jump, however, straight into this week's review by the guys over at Diz
3: His. So let's see what they had to say about Jungle Cruise.
1: Is Review.
3: Review. So D-plus this week is going to be Jungle Cruise, which is, I know I always say things are like my favorite, right? But <laughs> no, I'm not you don't say favorite. that. I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but... I mean, I'm gonna say it's my favorite, one of my favorites. Okay, I love this movie. This is a good movie. This is a fun movie. First off, The Rock, great. How do you not like The Rock? He's not like a great actor, but he's fun, right? Um, he's fun to watch. He's funny. He has a lot of charisma, right? Um, I feel like we uh in our segment with Niels, we talked Chris was talking about the mummy. I feel like this movie has a very mummy type, national treasure type feel, um. I just think it's fun, right? Like at the beginning of the movie, you get all those stupid one-liners that you get when you're on the ride, right? All those cheesy little jokes. They did a great job of incorporating it into the movie itself, and I mean, uh, I just, I think it's a it's just a great. You think it's a great movie? Um, what do you think, Alex?
1: Um, I do not agree that it's a great movie. I think it's a good movie. Um, The Rock is fun, but. Um, I think what they did was good. They took a ride that everyone likes, and they were able to move, make it into a decent movie. Um, if they were make, if they were to make a sequel, I would I would automatically sign up saying that sequel is going to be terrible. But I do think the movie was good. I've only seen it once. Maybe if I see it a second time, I'll I'll like it better. Um, but from the first watch, it was fun to watch. But I don't see myself watching it uh, any any more times.
4: And um, Chris, you haven't seen it, right? No, but without seeing this movie, I will make a couple of comments on it. Just generic comments. Uh, The reason why I didn't see this movie, and I will watch it one day, but the reason why I didn't is because I've been hoodwinked so many times by The Rock because he's just such a good promoter that he makes every single movie that he's going to be in seem like the, the best movie of all time. And I get so excited to see it. So excited. Like, I see him all over Instagram. He's going on tour. He's going on all these shows, promoting it. And then I go there, and it's just not that good of a movie. So this one, I was like, all right, I'm not going to get hoodwinked again. This one turned out to be a pretty decent movie, it seemed like. But uh, I so I will watch it. Uh, The other comment I wanted to make was I love that Disney's making movies about their rides because, you know, let's let's pause these remakes. I love the remakes. I think they're fun, but let's pause them for a second. Let's let's get some uh, let's get some movies off of original Disney ideas like Jungle Cruise. Got a Haunted Mansion movie around the corner. I think it's so cool. I hopefully one day we get a Tower of Terror movie, a better one anyway. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I just love the idea of them diving into the world of their original property from Disney parks. Yeah. So I I'm glad that they did this. And uh I I am excited to watch it cuz it it does look like a fun movie. The Rock and uh, Emily Blunt, right? Yep. Yeah. She
1: she's really funny in it. She um, was good in it. She was good in it. And, yep. and and we speak about that and they just released a haunted mansion a, a scary haunted mansion movie trailer which did you guys see that trailer
3: I have not seen the trailer I've heard about it though
1: Yeah I did It looks kind of interesting I like the I like the way it's it's not for kids which is fun I I think that's a fun way to take it
3: Um what I like about Jungle Cruise so there's some movies that like my son and I whenever like my wife goes out of town like my wife doesn't like to rewatch movies right but I don't I like rewatching movies and my son likes re-watching movies. And there's a couple movies that we can re-watch. And like Pirates of the Caribbean is one of those movies that we can re-watch, right? And we'll, every once in a, like once a year, we'll get in like a Pirates of the Caribbean-like kick and watch Pirates of the Caribbean. And this is, this movie kind of falls under that category where we I can rewatch it. And I think my wife went into town, I forget, a couple months ago or something like that. And my son and I, we watch this movie every night before bed. <laughs> oh my
4: god, that's a little excessive. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's a, it's a good movie to fall asleep
3: to. It's like you know, it's funny and it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, gotcha. I mean, it's uh, like one of those
4: network network movies. Like you know, what I'm you, talking about. Like you go and you flip through and you find mm-hmm. it and you just keep it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly
3: sure. right. Um, and whenever and they, they did a great job. We're talking about like like
4: you know, talking about them
3: making movies of rides, and they get a, They did a really good job of connecting. The ride to the movie itself, because it th- th- does it matter how many times you go on Jungle Cruise, right? And you hear the stupid jokes at the beginning that the skipper says every mm-hmm. time. And, you know, and he, and of course, it all depends on the skipper and how they deliver that joke. But you're going to laugh, right? Whenever you hear the every stupid time, yep. one-liner, mm-hmm. you're just going to laugh. And, you know, Dwayne Johnson did a great job of delivering those lines at the beginning of the movie. And it actually, like, made sense. It wasn't like yeah. they just put it in there and it made mm-hmm. no sense. Uh, that was a funny part of the movie great?
1: that was a funny part yeah of the movie, man sure. it's so
3: funny i laugh every time every time the beginning of the movie is gonna be i'm gonna be laughing
1: speaking out loud. of speaking of jungle cruise did you see josh Gad perform as a skipper on uh they released that on youtube Yeah, just recently was, just yeah, recently awesome. right it was very recent yeah he was a skipper for a day that was very funny
4: yeah that was pretty cool i uh, i did watch that
3: he did a great and job I, and yeah, did, you have to have that type of personality yeah. This is silly, you know, right? Um, but, oh, to promote the movie, The Rock, he went out there and actually was Skipper, I believe, at one of the parks. Was he? Yeah, I think he
1: did. That's to pretty promote cool. the movie That's When awesome. it first came out. You want to hear more from Joe, Alex, Jen, and Chris? Just visit DizHiz.com and listen to Diz His on all podcast platforms.
0: Thank you very much guys. Remember you can catch them on Fridays on Sorcerer Radio at 1pm and 8pm Eastern, as well as on all major podcasting platforms, including the Sorcerer Radio website at srsounds.com forward slash DizHiz. Remember, if you want to send me your comments on the Weekly Movie Club each week, you can do so in the Weekly Movie Club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord, or of course on any of my posts on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club, or over in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. Next week for the Weekly Movie Club, we'll be watching the Pixar movie Inside Out. Until then though, hopefully you have a good week. Thank you very much for tuning in this week, and hopefully you can tune in again next time. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.